All right. Well, let's uh, let's bombs away. Joined by Packers quarterback Brett Hundley. You grew up in Phoenix. You played college ball at UCLA. Are you acclimating to the Wisconsin winter? Uh, I thought I was, but I'm not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Slow process. Yeah, I mean, even being out there at practice yesterday and today when you're wa- walking into the stadium and it's four degrees uh, with wind chill. Uh, it's 18 before wind chill. And, I mean, it, you just can't get used to that. I, I, I just can't get used to it. Now, do you, well, you were at least prepared, though. Do you have a winter coat? I saw Trevor Davis didn't get a winter coat until... Well, like a week ago, he comes yeah. over from Cal just not knowing what he's getting himself into. Yeah, I don't think anybody who jumps in, especially from our, you know, the West Coast guys, jumps into this kind of weather. I mean, you know, I'm thinking a normal jacket would do the trick, but no. Nah, I, I mean, I've had to go get my North Face and uh, all that <laughs> stuff. I'm loaded now. Have you ever played in a, in a snow game before? Uh, once at Utah. Okay. But it's it, it wasn't like snow where it's, you know, two degrees. It was snow where, you know, I guess like last week's game or something like that, where, you know, 36, 32. I could do that. But, okay, so I talked to Ty Montgomery last week. He said it was his first time playing in the snow. He said he was a little nervous about it, but he said he had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel that cold. But he wasn't standing on the sidelines, right? I mean, so, so how, yeah. what do you? How, how many things hooked up to batteries do you have to try and keep warm on the uh, sideline? I'm probably packed down with the heat and hand warmers. I probably got a warmer on my toes, uh, on my in the feet of my soles. Um, I mean, in my hands, I, anywhere I can place them, they're there. <laughs> anywhere <laughs> the training staff yeah, comes. And through I'm for standing it. next to the heater every. I mean, if you <laughs> watch me have have. To, I mean, the time of the game, I was probably by the heater. <laughs> Right. Looking for Brett. Yeah. He's, uh, he's in the heater. But uh, these last couple weeks, uh, a little bit different for you. So uh, I assume you're getting a little bit more reps in practice. Yeah. Uh, with Aaron just kind of nursing through his hamstring, trying to be smart here. Just how different is it for you this week and last week versus, you know, the first half of the season? Uh, it, you know, the, I guess the preparation is the same, but it is different because now I finally get some actual team reps with the first group. Um, for me, you know, as a backup with any any backup in the league, you know, uh, in the CBA rules, uh, it, it's hard to get those reps um, just because they're so limited. So usually the number one would take all the reps. But now I'm able to jump in there and get a couple um, and, you know, a good amount now. So for me, it's just being able to run through them instead of having to mentally go through it. Otherwise, were you scout team quarterback, right? Were you impersonating other quarterbacks from yeah, around the league? You know, hey, I'm trying to dice up the defense every week. That's 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 right. what I got going. Right, so so you've been Kirk Cousins this year. You've I, been Carson Wentz. I've you've... been just about everybody. <laughs> now, who do you like playing more? <laughs> um, I don't mind playing Russell Wilson this week. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I can run around, sling the ball around, so I'm having fun doing that. Well, let's go back a little bit. So if I were to say, uh, give you a number here, what does the number 147 mean to you? Oh, man, I'll always remember it. Um, you know, so many teams, uh, you know, skipped on me. So uh, I'll always remember it. You were the 147th pick by the Packers in 2015. Uh, going into that season, you were a Heisman candidate mm-hmm. at UCLA. Um, a lot of quarterbacks were. Yeah. But coming out of that season, did you feel like you, you deserved to go higher, that you were going to go in maybe round one or two or three? To me, I did. Uh, you know, I felt like I put together a good – college you know career and something where you know you don't look at just one season but uh, the you know three seasons I played I felt like I did good enough to you know be proud of my tape and what was out there and what I could be and um, for me you know going pick 147 I couldn't be more blessed than to come here um, just because of the position I'm in and it, you know it's a humbling but yet 
learning position um, because I'm, I'm able to experience so much and learn so much. But you know, knowing that 146 teams put, passed on you, you know, I I for sure have a lot more confidence in my abilities. Can you name the quarterbacks who were selected ahead of you? Jameis um, was first. Mariota second. Garrett Grayson was the third round or second, and then um, Oregon State. Um, oh, he was in your conference, though. Yeah, Oregon State. <laughs> Sean yeah, Mannion. No, Sean Mannion, Oregon State quarterback. And then um, there was, oh, Bryce Petty. And Bryce yeah, Petty would be starting for the Jets. Jets yep. and, and you're better than those guys. Uh, you know, hey, I got a lot of confidence in my ability, so it's it's, yeah. Well, you said ultimately you feel blessed to come to Green Bay, but I have to imagine the competitive spirit that rides in, in most athletes, you want to play, yeah, right? So when you get the phone call that you're coming to Green Bay, you know you're not competing to be a starter. So how does that set in? Um, you know, like I said, it's humbling, but yet you understand that the longevity of it is a lot better than most quarterbacks where they get thrown into things. And for me, I had to really sit back and just – understand that what i'm getting into you know it's it's a position where you're going to learn you're going to you're probably not going to play right away or for a while and um you know you're just going to learn and you're going to develop and you're going to develop under one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it so it's a it's a mind switch but at the same time you know you always want to play you're always dying to just get out there on the field and play on sundays a lot is made of Brett Favre's relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And I think people want to look into that, that some people read into it. Uh, There's a a recent book out that kind of dives into it, whether it's 100% true or not. Uh, I think the two guys involved in the conversation probably know. But what's your relationship with Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron's like a brother to me. Uh, He's a great friend. Uh, You know, I consider him family. He's a good dude. Uh, On and off the field, he's just, you know, himself. And he's, he's a good dude to be around. He's fun, funny. Um, and he's good at ping pong, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so you guys do spend time as as friends away from football. It's not just you know, you know, student and and you know, teacher that kind of thing. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, uh, if we're chilling, you know, sometimes I'll go to his house and kick back and relax. Or, you know, if he has something at his house, I'll stop by and uh, s- stop in for a second. But um, I mean, he's a good friend, a uh, bigger brother of mine. I like to think of it. Did you feel welcomed into that quarterback room immediately? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, Aaron really took his time to make sure that I felt welcomed. I feel like um, instead of, you know, or most vets or anything like that, you hear typically would shy away from the younger guys. Um, Aaron really made it known that you know he's going to be there he's going to be there to help me through you know my transition and any questions I have to answer and I really you know felt welcomed into that well you know it ends up being a good situation for you like you mentioned Uh, Mike McCarthy is known as a bit of a quarterback guru Um, you're learning in a storied franchise meaningful games in December right you guys are playing that but at the time at the time on draft day, you're waiting for that phone to ring. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you're waiting a second day for that phone to ring, right? I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, it, it, a lot of family guy, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard, you know, especially when the hardest thing is when the draft that day ends and you got to go to sleep to wake up the next day to wait for it to begin again. This is the hardest part, easily. Do you know what scouts were saying about you after you were selected by the Packers? No. Yeah. I'd, Would you I'd, like me to read I, I, yeah. what some scouts had to say? Yeah. Some of it's laughable. Yeah. Has all the physical skills. Can take him at number 62. So somebody had a high grade on you. Yeah. 
He's going to be a bust, said an NFC scout. I've seen that. I yeah. just don't see it. I've seen that one. That was a tweet, too. I'll always remember that. An AFC scout says he's a running back playing quarterback. Can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah, see, that's good. I think you hit 69% of your passes yeah. your rookie season in the preseason. AFC scout, he has everything. Had the best pro day. Another AFC scout said, after top two quarterbacks, you're really rolling the dice. None of them are any good. Mm-hmm. What does that stuff mean to you? Um, I just added fuel to the fire. You know, a lot of those guys don't really know him personally. But, I, you know, I will, it, it probably a lot more than I can say on radio. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in, in the meantime, I mean, it's just fuel to the fire. I mean... You know, I went out the first preseason and I proved it. And, you know, uh, I'm sure it probably shut them all up. And then now, you know, it's just me continuing to learn and get better and, you know, push to be even better. You know, my job is not to listen to the critics or get down on myself just because of what they're talking. I demand the most out of myself more than anybody else. So I'd never listen to it. You know, I I may see it here and there. Uh, I saw the one about being a bust and, you know, that, you know, stuff like that. It just fuels you because, you know, one day when you're standing at the podium, hopefully, God willing, and, you know, you're giving a Hall of Fame speech, hopefully, you know, those things will always be remembered. And they'll always be in the back of your head. Well, in, in 2015, you had that great preseason. Yeah. You, you led the NFL in passing yards, uh, had a phenomenal quarterback rating. A good enough preseason where, where the Packers said goodbye to Scott Tolzien, a guy I know you're friends with. Yeah. Um, and it's doing good things out in Indianapolis. But... Then this preseason rolls around, and it seemed like it's the Brett Hundley show, right? And let's, you know, it, it increased role. Let, let's see what he's got. And then what happens? You get injured. Yep. Right? It, it just, it, how much of a void did that leave coming into this season? Because you know that's your time to shine, mm-hmm. right? And, and we know you weren't going anywhere, right? But, mm-hmm. but that was an opportunity that just happened to be missed. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. And I, I take it with a grain of salt. You know, it's a weird injury especially the way it happened but um you know i got my reps and i can only you know take them mentally at that point and you know i wanted to play i wanted to get out there like the oakland oakland game and then you get rolled up on by mac um you know stuff like that happens in the game and that's something that i've never you know got down upon myself or anything just because of that reason you know uh, football is 100 percent injury rate i'll tell you that now and anybody who doesn't know that now they know um, so, you know, unfortunately, it's not the opportune time for it, but there really isn't ever a good time to get injured. You know, you, you talked about, you know, one day, God willing, you're standing at the podium, you, you're putting on that gold jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at some point, Brett Hundley's going to be a starter in the NFL. Yeah. I'm sure you believe that. Yes. Do you think it'll be in Green Bay? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> you'd, you'd love to stay here? Oh, yeah. I love it. Keep going? Mm-hmm. So one of the couple of things has to happen if, if that were going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. And, and, and we'll, we'll not even say the, the bad things, but, uh, but who knows how long Aaron Rodgers wants to play. Yeah. Um, but it's tough. You know, a lot of good quarterbacks have come through. Matt Hasselbeck, Mark Brunel, yeah. Aaron Brooks, and uh, they studied under a great leader and mentor. Mike Holmgren was around at that time and, and, and ultimately had to go somewhere else to start. Yeah. That's just the reality of the business, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, especially when you've got a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He... He's like I said. He's one of the best to ever play this game, and I know that everybody in the world knows that. And even on his bad days, he's good. Um, what's the family dynamic like in the Hundley household? So you grew up in the in the Phoenix area. Yeah, grew up in Phoenix. Um, families, you know, my dad is and my uh, grandma, all them, you know, born and raised in Denver. 
then grew up in Arizona. And um, it's good. You know, we have a big, happy family. Uh, it's my dad. You know, my mom's a flight attendant. My dad uh, does health care and um, married. So, you know, that's another big part of the Hunley household now. And um, it's a good, you know, I, I love my family to death. They've always been there to help me succeed in everything and push me to be just that much better because I feel like you need that sort of support system to get to, in, you know, anybody. Had, oh, to get to these type of levels, you need somebody who's going to help you get there. Well, I know college football was, was kind of in the family genes mm-hmm. as well, so you kind of grew up around the sport. But when did you realize that was a, a real path for you and a real opportunity? Um, probably... I mean, I've always dreamed. I've always loved football. And for me, I've always wanted to get there. So I think the one moment you can really start putting, uh, you know, I can actually play this game of football is in high school when things started. You know, I finally got to start on varsity uh, my junior year, like the third game of the season. And then that season came around and it went really good. And then the senior year started getting offers. And then, you know, you start thinking, hmm, I can actually play pretty good. And then college comes around and, First play, you take it for six, and then you're like, all right, well, I can play this game of football. And I think at every level you have those moments where it's like, you know, can I do this at this level? And then you figure out you can't, and then your confidence gains that way. Were you an Arizona State guy growing up? No, more U of A. My dad went to U of A. So, okay. Yeah. Why didn't you end up there playing college ball? Um, you know, they came on late in the recruiting process. Weird, but um, they, you know, they just sort of came on late. And at that time, I'd already had my mind fixed on Washington or UCLA or A&M. Um, and for me, once I took the trip to UCLA, it was a wrap. I mean, that school sort of took my breath away. It's beautiful out there, isn't it? It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, and you did some great things out there, obviously. Uh, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, number one in the history of the, of the school for passing touchdowns, total yards. Um, you did a little bit of everything yeah. out there. You were the number 39-ranked player on scouts top 100 mm-hmm. there is one player you're a teammate with who was ranked ahead of you do you know who that is um it had to be dayton or jonathan no dayton no not from not from the school so coming out of oh, high school coming out of high the nationalist oh. there's one player who you're currently a teammate with who was ranked ahead of you um let me think of that hmm that's a good one uh, shoot, we had a big time. I'm surprised he doesn't tell you about it. No. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. It's haha. No way. He was ranked number seven wow. coming out of high school no as way. a defensive back and, of course, went to Alabama. No way. Wow, that's crazy. Um, Haha's a monster. I can see that. Do those rankings mean anything? Uh, you know, you were the third-ranked quarterback coming out of high school. Braxton Miller was ranked ahead of you for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Of course, he's playing receiver for Houston now. Uh, uh, Jeff Driscoll, right? I mean, just... It, I always felt like, and the same thing goes for even drafts where you get slotted at uh, or where you get picked at in the draft, same for high school rankings. You know, they mean something. They have they hold value because everybody wants to be ranked number one. You know, so personal value, you know, you always have some thing in you that says, you know, I want to be the best. I want people to know I'm the best. So, yeah, that holds some type of value to that. But at the same time, it doesn't because – I've been a firm believer since day one. I mean, J.J. Watt wasn't a five-star athlete coming out. 
Um, there's been a lot of five-star athletes who didn't make it. There's been a lot of non-drafted athletes who made it and made their careers in this league. Uh, so all that stuff really means nothing. I mean, it's just numbers thrown up and what people think. And, I mean, next week you could be going out. You know, Aaron could be top-rated quarterback next week. Everybody could think, you know, he had a bad game and then supposedly he's, you know, way on the list now. So it, opinions changed, and all of that is people's opinions on what you can do. So you can't give it much thought. Yeah, it's awesome, but at the same time, it it is what it is. I mean, that's an opinion. You you go to the next guy, and it's probably a different opinion. Um, so for me, you know, it it's awesome to have those titles, but it, it means nothing unless you show what you can do on the field. When you weren't playing sports growing up, what kind of things were you doing? Um, what do you still like to do? In Arizona. Ooh, yeah. Um, in Arizona, when I was growing up, our household was everybody sort of came to our house and relaxed. You know, the whole football team, friends, family. Every Sunday, I mean, we probably had like 20 people in the house just packed. My dad would cook. Um, and we'd all just relax, have fun, and kick back. And that's sort of what I grew up around. So out here, you know, it's the same thing. I'll probably kick back, relax. Me and my wife go out to eat or something like that. I mean, there's not really much out here, but at the same time, you go out to eat with a couple friends. Um, or, you know, I like poker or dominoes, you know, or game video games. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, you recently married now, right? Yeah, July. Okay. Yeah. It, so. d- where did you guys get married? Uh, Santa Barbara. Okay. Santa beautiful. Barbara, California. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful wedding. And then um, we went on our honeymoon um, and got back and then went straight into football. So yeah. it was sort of a quick you know, turnaround there. Was uh, your fiancé at the time, was she out here last year with you when you were in Green Bay? Yeah, for, for a good amount of the time. She okay. was out here, then she would go back to L.A., and then she was out here, and then now she's out here full-time. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so what has changed? What, what has changed in, in you now that you're a husband? Um, I guess just sort of knowing that you're, you're sort of responsible for somebody. You know, I, I guess when you grow up in everything, you don't have to worry about somebody else, you know, when you're doing things or making decisions. Um, and now it's a different story, you know, if I can't just, you know, in the off season head out and go, you know, run somewhere, or visit a place, you know, I got to talk to my wife and, you know, we got to figure out, uh, if it's a good time or not. And, you know, it's just different things. You have, you have somebody else who's with you going along with everything you do. You're sort of, you know, it's two become one. When you travel for work, uh, do you like to explore? Uh, you, you've been to DC here this year. You've mm-hmm. been out in Philly. Like, do you like to get out and, and check out the town? Yeah, I, I love it. I think I got the travel bug from my mom. She's a flight attendant, so um, you know, having that and seeing her travel everywhere. Um, I've always, I, I've that's probably my biggest thing. After football, one day I want to have a cooking show and I want to <laughs> travel the world. I want to. I'm one of those traveling shows where you get to taste food and travel. I want one of those shows when I'm done. Well, with now usually if if it ends up on TV and it's a travel show about eating food, you you got to eat some weird part of the I, animal. I don't care. I'm doing it. <laughs> right. I, I'm all for it. I, I like it. I, I I like stuff like this and getting out and exploring. You can you can eat the tongue of a yak one day. I mean, there's some stuff that you have to probably <laughs> right. say no and you know tell the camera crew let's go to a steakhouse, but. <laughs> Right, right. You know, uh, so wait, where did that come from? Passion for cooking. Uh, my dad was a big, huge cook. My mom, like I said, was a flight attendant, and my dad, huge cook, uh, just cooked all the time. And you know, in my family, uh, you know, my well, growing up, my dad always cooked, and so I think it just intermixes. You know, I like traveling and I love cooking, so I think those are the two things for me that. After I'm done with football, that's probably where I'm going. All right, so if you're going to boil this down, you get one meal to eat in one location in the world. 
That's really hard. What, that is really what, hard question. What, what's your meal, and, and where are you going to eat it? That's a really hard question. Well, that's um, why we ask. We I ask know. the tough ones here on this. It show. has to be a good steak, a good medium steak. Um, who, where though? That's the question. With good sides, I mean, you got to have your oh, sure. mac and cheese and stuff like that. Um, it has to be somewhere very high. I would like to say either on top of a mountain, okay, or. Someplace with a beautiful view. Not sure where it is, but maybe maybe I like to climb Mount Everest one day. It, eat it, a steak up on top. Have, well, now, I don't know if that's been done before. You know, I, I don't know the first. <laughs> I could be the first, as long as the steak is hot. Have you done some world travels in your time? Um, I haven't been able to do much. We've been able to go to Jamaica once. Um, my mom and myself and my cousin. Um, I've been able to go to where else? Um uh, it's a lot of in-state travels. Sure. Not too much out-of-state just because, you know, football, you don't really get time to travel the world like you want to. So what what has been the most difficult part of this whole thing for you? Transitioning to the NFL, um, you're a backup. Mm-hmm. I call you a quarterback. I don't yeah. say backup quarterback. You're a quarterback. Yep. Uh, but I, I know that's challenging. But what, what has been the most difficult part? Um, I think first is not playing. Um you know, when you first step in, learning a whole new playbook is a little challenging just because, you know, going from the spread to the West Coast is um, a big jump. But I think the biggest thing when it all boils down is uh, watching on the sideline. You know, uh, when you're playing three years and you're doing really well and then you get drafted and now you're just watching and sitting in, you know, that's probably the hardest part of it. Um, when you know you want to play and you can play and you feel comf- confident, um, to just sit back and watch. But, you know, it's also rewarding in those in those aspects. You know, you get to learn a lot, you know, with the time that you do get to watch and do this stuff. You know, you, you have one of those, I, I don't know if it's unenviable, that might be too strong of a word, but, but from a fan's perspective, man, all the fans want the backup to be dialed in, right? <laughs> they want to see you in preseason, yeah. and then they don't want to see you again. Yeah. Right? And then I guess, I don't know if that's hard to come to grips with, but, hey, you're out grocery shopping. You see fans yeah. whenever you go out. and. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm sure the response is always positive, but it's yeah. it's like they they probably prefer not to see you on the field. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know what I mean. It's it's like you know we want to see you in there, but we don't want to see Aaron hurt, or we don't want right. you know. So it's like, and then even I mean that's another hard part is playing in the, all that time in the preseason, and then like as soon as season comes, like you're done. You know, no no play time. So um, you know it is what it is, but at the same time, it's it's how things work. So mentally, if you're doing scout team stuff, typically in a given week. But you always have to be ready, right? I mean, at a moment's notice, you could, you know, all of a sudden be thrust into a game. Mm-hmm. How much of a grind is that? I mean, it takes a, a unique person, I think, to sift through all that. So I think that's the trickiest part of being a backup is learning how to prepare without getting the reps. Um, because we're, we're behind the eight ball as far as getting the reps with our with the first team. So when we get put into the game, we've never really ran the you know, plays that we installed for this week with them. But at the same time, you have to mentally go through them in your head so when they are called upon and when you're running them, you are at least sort of understand what the concept is while we're running it and where you're going to go with the ball versus what look. Um, and, you know, you sort of just got to make it work. You having fun with all this? I am. This is, I mean, it's a blessing. It's an awesome opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I'm living a dream. You know, not many people can say that. Well, make sure to get plenty of heaters this weekend. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's going to be terribly warm. Sure. I know. I don't think so. Either. It's here to stay now, right? Yeah, you know that. Unfortunately. <laughs> Fred, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks thank, so much. Thank you so much for having me, man.